Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Um, This is episode 23 and we're on series three now. Um, So today we're going to talk about some things that are very close to our hearts. And it's been a really busy time the last few days in the sober community in the UK, lots of events. And there are some things that have just provoked some thoughts. So today we're going to be talking about um, comparisonitis, how this affects the inner critic um, and how we can work with that with and going back to something that's probably a really key point for for us um, which is self-compassion which is this, uh, a great emerging kind of wellness uh, awareness raised kind of thing that's going on um, which is absolutely brilliant so um but first of all i'm going to say hello to mandy hi mandy hello hello and we're gonna have our check-in how are you doing um yeah i'm good actually uh yeah i went for a um shiatsu massage yesterday uh, which is like my well she's like uh she's a masseur but she's also a nutritionist and also a naturopath so it's a really good sort of all round thing so it's it's just really nice to be able to go somewhere and someone say you know how are you how's your sleep uh how's your eating um come and you know take your shoes off and well take your clothes off and, <laughs> and uh and let me look after you for an hour so um yeah and my my husband kind of raised his eyebrows as I left um and I was like well it's only half your wine budget so you know, choices. Mm, <laughs> yeah, like, suck it up. Feel really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I still got change in my pocket, so uh, what can I say? Um, so yeah, I'm pretty good. Thanks. Oh, and you? Really good. Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, as you know, it's been um, a tricky old time. My son broke his foot at the weekend. I mean, it's literally like you know the series of unfortunate events. That yeah. Snicket. It feels a bit like that at the moment. It's like right, okay. So we've had all the meetings at school and we've had various things and now I come home and he's broken his foot, bless him. So we're we're just kind of dealing with that. So I've got poorly boy mm. to look after. And um but you know, I think we're getting there, you know, just yeah. it's been quite nice this week actually, because I've been thinking about all of the hats that I wear and the juggling that I do. And um, I feel very much like I need to focus in on home. And that's quite nice, actually. I've been doing, I bought some new bedding and, you know, I'm going to make, bake a cake. Do you know, yeah. I do some very nurturing things and I feel like that's what, what we all kind of need at the moment. So, yeah, I, I'm getting there. I'm all right. Thanks, dude. Mm-hmm. So on to today's um, subject. Yeah. Um, do you want to lead in with sort of how this came about? Because it was kind of your idea to talk about this today. Um, so do you want to kind of introduce yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So comparison. Um, well, I've been thinking about comparison on, on lots of different levels and kind of how that can be a trigger, really, how that can be really something that can be difficult for people. And um, And I think when you're... In general life, if you've got nothing else going on, you know, comparison is is 
a very destructive kind of mindset you know and we all do it everyone does it since we were at you know at school you see people and you kind of like well she does that and you know uh, I wish I was better at that or um, why am I not like her you know why can't I do that Um, and so then I think if you add in why I feel really protective about it I suppose is because if you add in you know any kind of mental health issues um or any kind of sobriety issues being in the first steps or, you know, being sober curious or being vulnerable, (laughs) you know, um, those things become massively heightened and quite dangerous. So um, I think there's three kind of elements of comparison. Um, There's that kind of looking at people that moderate or drink, you know, um, every now and again, and that kind of like, why can't I do what they do which I certainly did for a really really long time like why can't I you know just be normal Mm, whatever that is um you know and I'm not saying that I I mean I've kind of definitely someone that does that to make kind of perceptions about people um that are not necessarily true and then you kind of meet them or have some kind of understanding and you go oh right oh god I didn't expect that from them at all Mm. you know um, so I guess it's that kind of thing of just just remember that like um, your story is the only story that's important really, um, and you know you can get a, a concept of what uh, someone is going through or what sort of person someone is, but you don't have all the information. Mm. And I think this kind of digital age we're living in, it's just um, it heightens that comparison kind of element. Mm. The other thing, obviously. Um, was the tone um of certain things this weekend this kind of concept that um you know success in sobriety is having uh exterior people um follow you or listen to you or Mm. you know this concept that like success in sobriety is is um is yeah it's something like exterior praise you know Mm. Um, so there was this um there were a couple of events weren't there over the weekend and it gave people a platform but it 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 sort of felt like there was some kind of yeah that that kind of trendy sort of followers this kind of stuff going on that that then other people that on the sober sphere that that kind of had real it sort of got quite upset and or or felt yeah there was that comparison and Mm. felt really shit about themselves yeah and I and I yeah I sensed that straight Mm. away and I was just like this is not cool and you know and it's like all that you know you you and your singular self and not drinking that is like the most successful thing and Mm. And um and I I just felt I knew it because like within there is this kind of people pleasing element or this kind of vulnerability or um trying to stand on your own two feet you know there's people that have had years and years of self abuse and and hating on themselves which will come on to talk about why self compassion is so important and it mm. just it I don't think it's very helpful in um and not in mental health circles either you know um. 
or anything that where people are vulnerable mm. to be talking about um, success in terms of something uh, exterior, something you know, the bigger the the following, the, mm. the better you're doing. Yeah, I, I, mean, I call bullshit. I call bullshit. We're going to be saying that. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag I call Thank bullshit. You. Thank you yeah, to um, Blue Angel. Chrissy, yeah. yeah for thanks, Chrissy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. And another one that's, you know, randomly come up. I don't know if is it today or a week. I don't even know where this uh, mm. has come from. But this 10-year challenge photo thing. Um, I just... For me, for someone that, um, with my personality, I just don't think it's a positive thing at all. Like I just, mm. anything that's comparison, whether it's exteriorly or interiorly, it's like, so what are you going to do? You're either going to look back 10 years ago and go, oh my God, what a fucking wreck that person was, which mm. is what I do, and go, yeah, you know, she looks like great sort of dancing a, on a beach at a festival but you know she was 29 with two young kids and she was completely broken oh that's going to make me feel good mm. you know to go and look through those sort of Facebook memories or you know you're going to be um criticizing and vilifying yourself now by going oh look at her she was so you know young and thin and and unwrinkled mm. and now I'm like you know an old hag so I just I just things like that um I call bullshit. I really, yeah, <laughs> I just find really, really um, yeah, unhelpful. Yeah. And I just, and what I've seen is a lot of people say, uh, I wasn't going to do this, but someone asked me to. Mm. So it's like, you know, you're, it's this kind of compliance into fitting into a mold, yeah. um, you know, and, and then that, compar that comparison is just going to get even worse because mm. the smaller you kind of, try and make yourself the same as someone else mm. uh the less good you're going to feel about your differences you know and i think we have always sort of celebrated just you know being your individual self and you being a misfit weirdo mm. whatever you know it's not yeah, yeah I, it's so... funny isn't it that that kind of i and i talked about how i i sent you a picture didn't i, I didn't do it publicly but obviously it got into me and i went oh okay and so i sent you a picture and um but privately and then and when we've been talking about it today like i didn't do either of those things i didn't kind of go I didn't hate on myself either end, which is like quite good. It means that I've come quite a long way in terms of my, yeah. uh, you know, personal kind of feelings about myself. I just, I felt like I, my hair was better now than it was then. <laughs> but what I did think is like, what a fucking waste of time. I've just spent like 10 minutes like looking at this and I could have been like doing my journal. I could have been watching yeah. The Walking Dead. No, no, that's not, that's a bit of a waste of time as well. But um, do you know what I mean? I was just like, oh my God. It, it was just like, yeah, I call bullshit. And it caught me on a day where I was all right, but I could have just gone down in a spiral of just, oh, you know I but this is done. what yeah it's I mean this, risky, is, this is my so. issue with it is yeah. it's kind of like you know yeah it's all it's all well and good for me to go and sit on a stage when I've been you know getting sober for five years right. and I'm a teacher so I've you know like public speaking is not something that's difficult for me um but how does that reflect upon other people that are like you know like oh my god like if I can't why why can't I do that it's like mm. God, you know just take it day by day it's it just 
I don't know. It just highlights things. And the other yeah. thing I just I wanted to say that kind of came up too is there's very much a, for me a difference between comparison and envy. You know, it's like I don't envy people's success. Like I'm I feel so excited for everyone that was there in the way of like, you know, mm. they've they've they're doing something brilliant that should be celebrated. And I think if you're feeling envious, then that's really some kind of in, inner work that you've got to do to kind of look at, at why. Uh, maybe you can have some thoughts on that. But, you know, mm. I think comparison, you know, envy is like, I want what she has mm. and I, I feel angry and hateful because she has it and I don't. Mm. Whereas comparison is just like, why can't I do what she's doing? Mm. And I don't think they're the same emotions. And I think you need to kind of identify what you're feeling. Yeah. And there was that thing, wasn't there? Well, we, when we were talking about envy and I said that I'd done a, an article for it a few years back. Um, and, and my thing was that I felt very envious going back uh, when the housing crisis happened in the UK um, I think it was in the 90s and basically it it divided a generation into haves and have nots so if you ha if your parents had money or you know you could suddenly put down a deposit and get a house at that point you have now minted and anyone who couldn't was screwed with massive massive mm. mortgages and it really and I so I wrote a piece about it and um we were talking about, I interviewed some psychologists who said basically that it can be, to frame it positively, they, envy can be a good way of, of uh, as long as you turn it then inward and say, well, what, what, what am I needing? What am I wanting? Why is this important to mm. me? So it can really signpost really important stuff to you. So, and this, but you know we always talk about you know don't compare your insides to other people's outsides don't we and I felt mm. that something about going back to this last weekend there was suddenly it was almost like a toddler being thrust into a public arena and none of us quite knowing what to do with it if I'm to, to be mm. compassionate it's like well we've been used to hiding in corners we've been used to hiding in dusty rooms having labels for ourselves that that are shameful and suddenly there's this whole movement where we're going no let's reclaim it and then there may be some people further on in the journey and so there's a possibility of a beautiful thing there and beautiful sharing but it's almost like it needs to yeah, be handled absolutely. carefully so maybe having compassion around that saying okay well this worked in some areas but but we need to work on framing it it needs to be treated carefully so people who who are vulnerable don't go away feeling like that you know so mm -hmm. a bit of work around self-compassion to put into the day you know yeah so, i mean i think so, that's you, you know what you say is interesting because i think you know like um David's uh, recovery works you know mm. he kind of went through a whole process I think over um that that event and kind of that kind of anger frustration um you know admiration mm. um jealousy all those emotions and what came out at the end was like a really uh, stronger core about what's important to him and you know and the people that he wants to help and the the message that he wants to give so mm. yeah I guess it can kind of um but I just think if I, yeah, I just, I guess for me, it's like, you know, it's my mum's side or kind of my, I don't know, my em empathy side. I just, for me to 
feel good about something, I need that everybody in the room feels like they're just as important as yeah. everybody else kind of thing. And that's where you that the framing it, I think, comes in. And maybe yeah. you have, I don't know, I wasn't there, but maybe that's where you have a kind of a sharing, mm. an opportunity to share and get your voice heard so that you feel like you can, I mean, did they do any of that? Was there any kind of sharing um, no it was just questions but it was yeah. like questions about us kind of yeah but. so that that already sets up a kind of hierarchy I suppose doesn't it? yeah um but yeah. so yeah so just to so we wanted to talk about um you know this so this is comparison is the outside thing and what happens is that sets off your inner critic doesn't it yeah. that, like I'm not good enough I'm not um successful enough I'm not um successful in my sobriety enough um mm. I'm I I you know, because I was thinking if someone had just relapsed, you know, or just mm. drank and then being there, just be like, oh, they're just like, well, I'm a loser. Do you know what mm. I mean? So I might as well give up. And that's what kind of panicked me. Mm. But anyway, so the you've always said to me that the inner critic and the wine witch are best friends. So it's like yes, that they are when you're kind of, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's me. Like, yes, they are. There's no question yeah. about it. One gives yeah, the hand you... over the torch to the other one. Yeah. So where does that come? Where does that come from? Can you oh, explain God that a little bit? I just think I came up with that myself, just through thinking about. Well, my I suppose yeah, my journey with sort of, uh, and and I suppose it's that again that dialogue with yourself and mindfulness. The the I the first thing that I heard about was that the addictive voice recognition, you know, Jack Trimpey mm. stuff, and then people on sober forums talking about the wine witch. And then, mm. then becoming, then slowing it right down and working on daily triggers and working on what, what is your script? Because we always say, you know, what is your script? What does it say? When do your triggers come up? And then I became aware that there was this other voice that was just like the inner meanie dancing mm. around. Um, and it was very uncomfortable, actually, to... It was the voice that I always ran from. It's the voice that I drank to shut up. It's the voice that that was just horrid it was in and 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 also in that was a turning away from myself which again I didn't I like mm. this is work with Tara Brach and the reign of self-compassion which we'll talk talk a bit more in depth mm. about in a minute but there's an actual process that she broke down she's a Buddhist psychologist I've, I've talked about before and um yeah so to to how to take you almost through a body scan and and tune in and turn into and be with your kind of suffering or whatever's happening for you and then you nurture it like I've already talked about it so it's rain it's recognize allow so to not just go oh shut up investigate where where are you feeling it in your body so get try and get out of your head into your body and then nurture and that's like that could be that you know cuddle or um put your hands on your heart and say it's okay sweetheart if you're scared or something like that um and so oh what was I saying you know so so yeah sort of investigating the inner critic that was the most powerful thing was my stumblings into the world of self-compassion mm. was incredible it's like a light bulb moment for me so that uh, you know to to not argue with it to not run from it but to be able to um uh in a in a real uh, practical way apply self-compassion because again it's fine to say well you just need to be self-compassionate 
well, how on earth do you do that? Let Take me through the steps, break it down for me. How do I do that step by step? Because I was like a baby, I had no idea. And I always used to go, mm. oh, I recognise that, I identify it, I'm feeling crap, or I'm feeling sad. But I was just like, right, snap, snap, get out of it. So I never nurtured. And, and this sort of idea of nurture goes back, I think, to creating safe spaces publicly. It goes mm. back to creating safe spaces with ourselves, doesn't it? Um, yeah, <clears throat> so I don't know. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, if I identify my worst periods when I, you know, was drinking, it was a period when I had absolutely no self-love. Like, everything I did to myself was my fault and everything, you know, it was this self-determinate sort of rap- what's it called a hamster wheel of just mm. like I did this you know self-fulfilling prophecy of mm. self-hatred just like I did this to myself therefore I'm shit therefore I'm the worst mum the worst person etc therefore I'm gonna do it again to myself mm. because I don't love myself mm. um and as you say it's not you know it's not and when you're weak like that you know then mm. the why in which the that addiction is just like yeah man this is my playground you know hit them when they're hard hit them when they're low and I'll just crack back on and here I am again and I'm the solution and 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 you feel worse so it's that downward spiral that vicious absolutely Mm. yeah so um I mean I'm just kind of learning about self-compassion I mean I've obviously um a major major help for this has been doing cbt and uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and work you know working with a therapist which i feel massively grateful for but now to be able to kind of study it in a sense um mm. so i was watching some videos with uh, dr Kristen neff this oh, morning who sorry. you've talked about before massive girl crush like, on Kristen. yeah, yeah. absolutely it's like brick shields and she talks about neuroscience i mean like I love her. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was saying, it's like, well, you know, so the question was like, what is self-compassion? So, you know, primarily it's what you would give to other people, mm. but using it upon yourself. So she identified three areas of self-compassion. So self-kindness versus uh, judgment. Mm. So helping yourself to feel better, to alleviate uh, yeah. the negative um, so that's all that stuff for saying, you know, this isn't your fault, you know, look after yourself. The nurture bit. Yeah. Um, the nurture bit. Common humanity versus isolation, mm. which I think really ties into this ca- comparison idea. Absolutely. You know, it, it's it's kind of that idea of uh, we have a tendency to go, you know, why me? I'm the only one. Um, why is this happening? Um, this is all my doing. Um, but if you look at it and say, no, 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 this is, you know, a common experience of 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 life to suffer. You know, mm. you didn't sign. She says you didn't sign a contract when you were born um, <laughs> about, you know, about <laughs> about suffering. Never suffering. No, I'm but, not, you know, yeah. but that's, it's just and everyone that's does. So, so, you know, there's nothing ab- abnormal or mm. um, strange about you, you know, and that's something very, very um peaceful and 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 helpful about understanding that it's you know it's not just you it's everyone um mm. and the other and the third part is uh, mindfulness versus over identification so mm. you know this is this thing of being aware of your suffering you know sitting with it as you know you saying not turning away but turning to 
Uh, and this is where self-care comes in, in like, okay, so it's not great to sit with your pain, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, t- we're taught to, to numb it out and, you know, drink, mm-hmm. like, have you had a hard day? Drink, you know, oh, that must have been really stressful. Drink, oh, that was really traumatic. Drink. So it's like mm-hmm. building that self-care toolkit to protect yourselves and, you know, to look after yourself um, and, this and, ties- and understand, you know. Yeah, this ties in yeah. with Tara Brack as well because that that sort of nurture so that that allow so rain recognize allow investigate and nurture so allow and investigate I suppose that would be that mindfulness that curiosity where is it occurring in my body is it mm. do I have a tight chest do I have you know is my jaw set and try and soften there and and breathe and soften into it and then and then you and and then that alleviating it because I one thing that I feel quite strongly about we were talking about earlier and something that Tara Bratt says you know if you're if you like this is is common humanity it she always talks about the fear we tend to think of it as my fear my fear and mm. it all races away with you and you know this is really uncomfortable and it's very isolating it's not is the fear it's how we're hardwired with the fight mm. flight response like we've all got it it's just as us as animals we've gone into that often and if it's mm. too much if it's too intense she always says it's like going down um the rapids you know you can be steering down a river and then it can become like too much you can park your canoe behind a rock and rest like take time mm. out to re- regroup it's all right you're allowed to take a break here that i that's not the same they you know they say as as avoidance that's just self-care and that's like going yeah you know what this is i'm gonna park this for a bit you're allowed to park it you're allowed to go off and have a cup of tea have a bath in fact those are all like really important kind of strategies especially if you're a massive overthinker get mm. and and that sort of yeah that nurture and that was the missing bit for me i could sit mm. and kind of ruminate and get totally freaked out but i didn't know how to nurture i didn't know how to say that's all right sweetheart and what do you need what do you need right now yeah. actually i need to just go for a walk i need to not think about this i don't you don't yeah, have absolutely. to always be thinking about it you know so i'd say that's sort of getting back into the body so much of it you know feet on the ground doing something that's comforting um and and as you know we were saying before like everything that we're reading about kind of uh good um mental health or good kind of wellness it transfers to sobriety so much Mm. it's just incredible and like you know i'm doing um emdr sort of uh PTSD treatment at the moment and you know I was telling you about yesterday that Mm. she she wants me to do um butterfly cuddles which is just you know when it gets too much say the word in French first (laughs) calin papillon calin papillon sorry go on so it's just a technique that when it is getting too much you know that you can kind of go to a safe space Mm. um which could be, you know, which is an image, you find your image of somewhere where you feel safe. Uh, and it's the opposite of these things. So it's like you find the image where it's safe, you find the word that comforts you and you find the place in your body where where you feel safe. Mm. And, you know, perhaps it's the breath. So it's, you know, it's using kind of what you would do in terms of mindfulness to understand and allow your suffering. Uh, at the same time, you can have a place where you understand um your peace you know yeah, and your your yeah. calm so it's those balance and 
um, and that's been huge for me. And so, you know, all you do is you cross your arms and you pat your shoulders um, and you take a breath and just give yourself a moment. And it's it's giving yourself mm. a hug. I mean, that's all that's it is, so basically. And that's you know, the nurture and, bit of it. That's the yeah. end. That's, and that's a really important part of the process, though, isn't it? That that nurture. Yeah, and that's what someone, you know, mm. when I, um, I was working with a therapist, too, you know, it's it's not just about when you say oh self-care like moisturize it's not about just like having nice skin it's about literally sort of touching yourself Mm. and stroking yourself and having that you know that's why having a pet is so calming to people because there is something very important about that tactile connection of of stroking and Mm. and all that so so yeah I think um yeah to kind of conclude um you know what what happens in my headspace is mm. I think it's really really important and this is what I mean um the boy who drank too much said this and um we kind of you know laughed a little bit um but it's just teasing. but what he said is essentially like the most important thing is like just do you like you yeah know. hashtag just do you yeah <laughs> I love that yeah and it is it's so important that that whole you know just do you don't compare don't don't judge your insides by other people's outsides yeah absolutely um, so and just have that kind of self-compassion I, re- I really think it's a great antidote to all of this kind of stuff um so we're gonna have to wrap up now we've run out of time so tip of the day um I guess mine would be um, from what we were talking about to get into the body and that's you know they would sort of say that in yoga Um, but I do think if you're if you have a tendency to overthink like I do and dwell in the head where all of this anxiety and comparisonitis sort of lives um, that can just be really good and just lower the intensity and help relax and all that breathing you know it's it's almost like a cliche but it just works doesn't it 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 really does and there's so much sort of science to back it up so that would be mine what's yours um well i'm stealing this from someone else actually but uh we were having a conversation with someone who's just kind of sober curious starting out and doing dry january um and she was talking about those kind of you know um triggers early evening triggers you know and how to avoid sort of opening that bottle of wine and she said that uh, her and her family set up a ping pong table and uh, and so she just played ping pong for you know half an hour uh, which I think is wicked amazing you know, that real real combination of like um, a physical activity something fun mm. um, but also just kind of getting through that that sort of batting it out mm. I just I thought that was really so yeah get, go play ping pong if you're oh, I love that. having if you're triggering yeah um, oh bless reason to, to love sober reason to love sober um you go okay um uh, i think when i when i listened to because i was watching some videos of uh kristen ness this morning and it's something that you've talked about but i haven't actually myself had time to to watch and it just lit me up and blew my mind and I just was like this is so interesting and so what you know sobriety and um living happily um alcohol free sort of means to me and I just love that 
that sort of exploration of my own values and my own kind of um, knowledge is just mm. brilliant. Yeah. So. And you? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the same, really. It, it's that wellness journey that I didn't know that I was going to be on. I just thought I'd have less hangovers. But I've, you know, maybe it's all mm. that having all that time on my hands or extra time and and just know, well, what happened was, you know, that whole thing of I stopped, stopped drinking and then I was left with I need to find ways to make myself happy and mm. well and see what that was what that function what what you know how I was misusing that really and that was all the wellness and and I and I agree like finding Kristen Neff like almost being given permission it's like yeah. the permission to actually stop and to think about what I need and what I actually want and what makes mm. me feel good and instead of that always seeming a bit selfish before and having all those messages of just fit in or fuck off that we get all the mm. way through our lives it was the chance to create a little package for myself and start kind of really looking after myself and seeing all the reasons for that and it being legitimized I think mm. Yeah, and people like yeah. Kristin Neff and Tara Brack and all of those amazing people at the Greater Good Science Centre in Berkeley and in California, mm. all of that. You know, there's the great, there's the Happiness, the Institute of Happiness in Copenhagen. You know, these these are all like people who are dedicating their lives to sort of researching happiness and what and and it, they're the old wisdoms, you know, like we talk about. Um, but you know, uh, I, it's all of that. Yeah, it's all of that. It's all good. All good stuff. All right, well, we've come to the end, haven't we? Yeah. So if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, um, you can visit your doctor. You know, do go and seek help. Reach out. Get support. Um, you know, because, again, underneath all of this sort of successful sobriety, there's, you know, there's a struggle there for, for us. And yeah. if you are struggling know that you're not alone and that we've all been there that's why we're doing this you know it hasn't yeah. felt good it's felt shit to varying degrees and there is no shame in that and go and get support go and get help go and see a doctor so baristas you know that are that ask the doctor that um, she recovers she recovers yeah. um and what else was there? There was alcohol um, concern in the UK for agencies of local support. Yeah. So look after yourselves and give yourselves a butterfly hug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they work. And see you next yeah. week for more chat. Bye. Bye. Bye.